I think we could have my wife probably come in and teach the book of Ruth and you'd get a whole lot more out of that. But, you know, it doesn't make any difference whether... When when two or three people teach the same book, you you can learn from all of them. In fact, you can learn from a really bad teacher (laughs) if you're paying attention. And so... Randy was talking about doing Ruth. I don't know what night it was we were talking, but anyway, he said he was trying to think of a study for his class and he said I was thinking about Ruth I said oh that's a good book we're going through it now he said well then I don't want to do that (laughs) because I don't want to do different or do the same thing Bob's doing and I said there's always something different if you look at it from different eyes. So, so I'll, I'll maybe have to kid him on that. So Ruth chapter 2. And I'm going to review a little bit just to get us up to speed because we've been gone a little bit. So I'm going to go through our list here. Um, now, do I have time? Yes, I do have time. Okay, every book, every story, every verse in the Bible has three applications. How many of you know that? Two P's? Yeah, I was going to say that. I know you're paying attention to me because you're correcting my spelling. Okay, if if you don't get anything else out of it, get that. Okay, three applications. And just to make you... I was wondering about that when I put that up there. What are... Can somebody tell me with three applications of Scripture? That's not in your notes. So I'm, this is this is all new. This you have to have in your brain. Historical. Historical. Okay. So historical. When this book of Ruth took place, it actually took place. That's when. That's a historical application. So when we read this, automatically we're thinking, okay, there was a woman by the name of Ruth. There was a woman by the name of Naomi. There was a man by the name of Boaz that actually lived. Okay, we know that. Okay, because there are some people out there that think our our Bible is just a myth. It's a storybook. No, they actually lived. Okay, number one. And every verse has a historical application. Number two, I'm putting you guys on a personal. I call that a inspirational. Okay. Now that application is: what can I personally learn and glean from this story? Okay. And then it has one more application. Spiritual, spiritual? Well, I don't call it spiritual. I call it... I mean, you can call it whatever you want to call it. I call it prophetical. We've gone over this, but I can't find it up there. Pray for my wife. Uh, Prophetical. Okay, so what that means is... Is that there is it is it has an application of something that's going to take place in the future, okay? And basically, our whole Bible is geared to Christ's return. Everything. So when you want to know what is the theme of our Bible, it's not us getting saved. It's not somebody in the Old Testament, you know, basically what I call getting saved. It's the kingdom. It's Christ coming and His kingdom getting set up. And we are just a part of that. So the biggest part for us is, yeah, when we got saved in our life in that, but really the whole thing is, is about Jesus. It's about His kingdom. So every every story, every verse is historical, it's inspirational, and it's prophetical. Okay? All right. So we'll come back and, and, and uh, probably at the end of the book and talk about this some more. I just want to kind of throw that out there to you today. So, Naomi... Let's, in fact, let's go back and read Ruth 2. And we'll get going. Okay? And uh, just, so just bear with me. Ruth chapter 2. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth, of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field... 
and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and her hap, she just happened, her hap was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless thee. Then then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? And of course, who is it? It's Ruth. Ruth. Okay. And the servant that was set over the the reapers answered and said, It is the Moabitish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the land of Moab. And she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and hath continued even from the morning until now, and she tarried a little in the house. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? And when thou art athirst, go into the vessels and drink of that which the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground, and she said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes, and that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? And Boaz answered, and he said unto her, It has been fully showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother and the land of thy nativity, and art come into a people which thou knewest not heretofore. The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. And then she said, Let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for thou hast comforted me, for thou hast spoken friendly unto thine handmaid, though I be not like unto one of thine handmaidens. And Boaz said unto her, at mealtime come thou hither and eat of the bread and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat before the reapers and he reached her parched corn and she did eat and was sufficed and left. And when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves and reproach her not. And let fall some of the handfuls of, of purpose for her and leave them that she may glean them and rebuke her not. So she gleaned in the field until even and beat out that she had gleaned and it was about an ephah of barley. And she took it up and went into the city and her mother-in-law saw that she had gleaned and she brought forth and gave to her that she had reserved after she was sufficed and her mother-in-law said unto her, Where hast thou gleaned today? And where wroughtest thou? Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. And she showed her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought, and said, The man's name with whom I wrought today is Boaz. And Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be the Lord, blessed be he of the Lord, who hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. And Naomi said unto her, The man is near of kin unto us, unto us one of our near kinsmen. And Ruth the Moabitess said, he said unto me also, Thou shalt keep fast by my young men until they have ended all my harvest. And Naomi said unto Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that thou go out with his maidens, that they meet thee not in any other field. So she kept fast by the maidens of Boaz to glean until the end of the barley harvest and of wheat harvest and dwelt with her mother-in-law. Now, I know that's a big chapter, so we're kind of caught back up. So let's just go through a couple of these blanks cause, you know, that we did to get us exactly where we need to go. Naomi is like the prodigal son. That's what we already have, but if you need to fill that in again, let's do it. She is like the prodigal son of Luke chapter 15. Elimelech means, my God is king. Okay? He marries Naomi, and her name means what, guys? Pleasure. Pleasure. So he, it's, it's almost like he marries a party girl. I'm not quite sure, but there's something pleasant about Naomi, at this point anyway. 
but they produce sickly children. How many? Sickly. Sickly. They're sick. They're sick all the time. Okay? But they're not sick all the time because we know the story. They end up dying, both of them do, at a young age. And when they leave Bethlehem, which is the house of bread, their lives turn to death and bitterness. Okay? All right, so we've already seen that. But again, I'm trying, God is trying to teach us in this story something. When you leave God's house, where His bread is at, and His bread is the Word of God, to go somewhere else, and you don't go to another church that's feeding you the Word of God, you're going to starve. You're going to be sickly, and it's going to, eat, it's going to end in a death... Or a bitterness. How many of you know of people that have left church and never went to a church and they're bitter? They're mad. Maybe they got mad at God. Maybe they they're, they're mad at somebody at church. You know, maybe 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 something made them mad. But you know what? It made them bitter, and it just keeps festering. It festers. Okay. And so this is kind of a a, a plea here. This woman and her husband and her two sons, they leave Bethlehem. They leave their inheritance. They leave the land of Israel. And they go to Moab because there's a famine in Bethlehem and in Israel. And they go there, but it doesn't. Pro- they don't prosper. And the two boys die. The man dies. The two boys die. And so, you know, Naomi's in a mess, okay? But Naomi needed to go back to Israel and back to God's blessing, back on her handout. And Ruth needed to follow Naomi, which was her connection to God, to a place that God was worshipped and His laws followed. She needed to continue to grow in her relationship with God. And if she had not left Moab, she would have not got that, would she? Because the Moabites served a false god. Okay? So they both make the right choice. Naomi did a, a 1 John 1 9. She went home. She got right. She's like the prodigal son. She went home. That first step was right. Ruth also made the right choice because she started following the Lord. Okay? So, when we run back to God after we've been away, God will provide more than we've ever imagined. Now, you can take that to the bank. Okay? When you're away from God and your relationship with God is not good and you've strayed and when you come back to God and you just come back and pray to God and go, Lord, I'm sorry, I, I did this, I did that. I, I want to do a First John 1, 9. And what's he do? The Bible says he will forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's what we need to do. Okay? And so I've been there. Have you guys ever been there? I remember one time, man, I let other things get in my way and I wasn't I, I missed church for about three weeks because I was too busy doing other stuff and this was going on. And finally one day this person says, Bob, when's the last time you read your Bible? <laughs> oh man oh yeah, she did. She does that all the time. So she told me that and I'm like or uh, just like somebody hit me in the head with a two before. I'm like, oh my, so yes. And you know what? Because I was miserable. I was miserable. And she goes, you know what? You need to get back. And so I did. I went back, asked the Lord for forgiveness, got back reading the Bible, got back in church, got back doing everything. And it wasn't that I wasn't out of church. It's just like I put it on hold because I had things I had to get done. But it really affected me. Okay, so when we run back to God, He will provide for us more than we can ever imagine, and we're all going to see it in the story today. Okay, Ruth chapter two: Boaz hears and sees Ruth. So who is Boaz? His name means strength. Strength, strength. His name means strength. Uh, Boaz is a kinsman of Elimelech, so he's related to Elimelech. And Boaz is a mighty man of wealth. And remember a couple weeks ago I mentioned that that mighty... Everybody looks at that and goes, Oh my, he's a wealthy man. We're looking at it wrong. He's a mighty man first. He is a valiant man. He is a man of character. And it just so happens that he's rich. Okay? That doesn't hurt, does it? Okay? 
So Boaz had stayed in Bethlehem and God had blessed him. And Elimelech had left Bethlehem and it had not he had not been blessed. So we looked at Ruth's character. We saw that she was a worker. We saw she was humble. She saw we saw that she was loyal. She was polite. She was self-motivated. She was obedient. She was the real deal. She was the total opposite of Margaret and, and Dennis the Menace. <laughs> Remember that movie? Dennis the Menace or the, the series? The, the movie that came out with Walter Matthau a few years ago. I remember the guy that played Dennis and, and his mom goes, We're going, I'm, I've got to go to work and so I've made provisions for you. I'm going to take you over to Margaret's house to spend the summer. And oh, as Dennis hacked. He's like, Margaret... I don't want to go to Margaret's house. She's mean. She's nasty. And she doesn't share. I don't know. Somehow that just stuck in my brain. But he did not like Margaret. So Ruth is the total opposite of that. She is the sweetest girl you've ever met. Okay? So Boaz sees her and he already has compassion on her. Okay? So his advice to Ruth on the top of page number two was to do not go to any other fields. He goes, listen to me. And you notice last week, I, th- I don't know if she was in the field and he's saying, hey, you know, come here and she didn't come. I don't know, but I think he, that could have been the reason. But I think he's basically saying, Ruth, I have something very important for you to hear. Please listen to what I'm saying. So he tells her, he goes, do not go to any other fields to glean. Abide here with my maidens. Follow right after the reapers. I've commanded my men not to touch you. And I've even asked them that you can drink of the water that my man have drawn for the workers. Okay? So here's where I want to start. I want to start where Ruth wants to know why she has found grace with Boaz. Okay? So she goes, she 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 says to him in verse 10, she says, Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground, and she said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I'm a stranger? She's still hung up on the fact that she's a Moabite, and she knows she's in enemy territory. And so she is just like a scared mouse. Okay? She's in somebody else's field. She doesn't know the language. I mean, put yourself in her in her spot. It's like the first day of school where you're just, oh, what's going to happen? She's like that when she goes there. And he always not with her. She's out there by herself. Okay? And so she is just like terrified what's going to happen. And yet, the best thing that could happen to her. And Boaz comes and he's nice to her. And he puts these kind words out. And she goes, Why? Why have you given me this grace? And the grace goes in your spot there. She wants to know why she has found grace with Boaz. Now that should make us think about it. Because guess what? Grace is a big deal in our life. The Bible says we are saved by grace through faith. And so I looked that up. Grace in the Old Testament. I didn't think I'd find it very often. But I think I found it 38 times. In the Old Testament. And that's more than I thought. But in the New Testament, it's 128 times. I counted it all up. So we're all about grace because God has given us, Gentiles, the church, grace. So what is grace? Can anybody tell me what grace is? Oh, you are so good. You read my notes. Did I say that last week? Un... Merited favor. Okay? We don't deserve it. That's what that is. Okay? And she found it. But I want to show you, and I don't think I threw this out last time I was here. She found more than that. Okay? Let's go back and look at... I can't tell if this is a prayer or a request, but back in verse 2, this is what Ruth says to Naomi. Okay, chapter 2, verse 2, it says, And Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him, and whose sight I shall find grace. So she was hunting for grace. I think it's all there. So I'm trying to figure this out. Is she a prophetess? Because everything that she was looking for, that she told 
to Naomi. Now, I don't know if she, she was like, I've got these all nailed down. This is what I'm looking for. Or she just kind of casually threw this out. I don't know. But there's three things she found. One, she found grace. She found the field. And what's the third one? What else did she find? She found the man. You see why I don't know if that's quite a prayer or a, a request or just a hope. That's what she says. God led her to that because it wasn't an accident. Right. Right. So I think in her heart she's wanting this. And who knows? Maybe she'd ask maybe she had prayed for that. I don't know. But I know that she 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 at least suggests to Naomi that she let's 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 pray. I, I'd find this today. And yet she finds all three. So yes, she is finding some grace, but it's not just coming from Boaz. And Boaz is going to mention that in a minute. So she finds all three of those. She finds grace, she finds the field, and she finds the man. You know, I don't know about you, but that kind of hits home with me. I found grace with the Lord. The field is the world, Matthew says. And the man's Christ Jesus. So Boaz is a picture of Jesus Christ. Okay? So, let's see what his reply is. His reply is, it has been shown to me all, all goes in your blank if you don't have it filled out, that thou hast done for Naomi. He says, the reason that you've been getting grace is because you have been helping Naomi. You've stood by her. You helped her get home. You've provided for her. You know, all along the way, Naomi was coming home. Who do you think helped her get there? Who do you help provide food for her? Who do you help? Who helped her all the way? Naomi did. Okay? I'm sorry. Ruth did. Okay, but Ruth, you know, was showing grace to Naomi is really what is happening. By helping her. By, because Naomi didn't, you know, she had a son that died who was her husband and stuff. So, you know, she could have just said. I, I, think, she, I think she's showing love. Love. Love is what she's showing her. Okay. So she's showing her mother-in-law love, but the reason she has that love and the other girl didn't, it's because she's trusting the Lord. She is trusting the Lord, okay? So her, she's the one that's helped her mother-in-law get back. That's what Boaz is seeing. Boaz is seeing, hey, you were good to Naomi. Okay? Um, and not only that, he goes, you left your home, you left your mother, you left your father, you left your language, you left everything and, and have come here. I mean, it's in a great expense for you. He has some admonition for this lady. Okay? And uh, he goes, but that's not all. Turn back to your bi- turn back in your Bible. And we saw this in our last uh, uh, Genesis chapter 12. We saw this. Somebody was teaching a class about about people, about how God blesses us. Remember that? I just tell you it was me. <laughs> okay. We went through God how much God blesses each one of us, and then we went back when we were studying Abraham in Genesis chapter twelve, he gives Abraham a promise and he says this. He says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Now here's what I want you to see, verse three. And I will bless them that bless thee. And I will curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. That just didn't stay with Abram. That blessing went to all the Jews. So when you bless a Jew, God is going to bless you. Now, that's what Ruth did. She was blessing. She was helping out Naomi, who's Jewish, and she's not Jewish. And so what do you think God's going to do for, for Ruth? He's going to bless her. Okay? That's why it's such a big deal for us Christians today when our president wants to bless Israel. Because we know he's going to, the Lord will bless us back. Okay? That was true. Yeah, I know. It was. And it's not just that Vicki Hartzler I hear is, is running for, for Congress. And she will be, she will do what's right too. Okay? And so uh, when our Congress, we got something on the wall? <laughs> okay.
Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't even see that. But when our Congress is good, when our when our White House, when our people, when we are good to Israel, the Bible says God's going to bless us. So you want to know why why Ruth was being blessed? Number one, she was blessing a Jew, even though it was her mother-in-law. Okay, so that's number one. But that's not all either. Uh, The Boaz says in verse 12, and it's on your handout, the Lord recompense or finish or complete thy work, work goes into first blank, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel. So he basically tells Ruth, he says, because you have blessed Naomi, the Lord is going to bless you. Uh, Where do you think he got that from? Probably from back all the way back to Genesis 12 that we just read. Under whose wings? The last one I just read is a full reward. So it's work, a full reward. Under whose wings thou art come to trust? One thing that Boaz realizes is this woman Ruth. There's something different about her. She's trusting the Lord. Okay, that's the key. He realizes that Ruth is obeying God just because of her actions. Okay? Ruth is trusting the Lord because she has a relationship with the Lord. It's like the old song says, trust and obey. And what has Ruth been doing? She's been trusting and she's been obeying. Okay? And and maybe, and let me throw one more thing in. Why 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 is Boaz just just fallen for this young lady? Okay? It's because of her actions, it's because of what she's done, it's because she's trusting the Lord. And maybe just perhaps maybe just perhaps. What's that, Sharon? She looks pretty good. Maybe she looks pretty good, but you know, there's one more thing that I don't know if anybody's realizing. Maybe she reminds him of somebody and specifically his mom. Huh. Do guys bring women home that remind them of their mom? Well. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's like, why do you like this young lady? Well, I, I, I just... I, I see my mom in this lady. You may not say that, but in her brain, that's, that's coming out. Okay? So who was... Boaz's mother. Can anybody tell me? Okay, we can't. Okay, I will give you the answer. It's Rahab. Yeah, I was just say Rahab. Now, you know who Rahab is? The prostitute. The prostitute that helped the spies at Jericho. Now, why would I say she reminded him of her. Well, was Rahab Jewish? She's not Jewish. His mom, Boaz's mom, is not Jewish. His mom probably looked a lot like this Moabite girl because she was a Canaanite also. Yes, she was a lot like Ruth because she helped Israel. And she helped Israel, but but not only did she probably kind of look like his mom, she may have even kind of talked like his mom. So, she's a foreign girl. His mom was a foreign girl. So, this is all hitting home with Boaz. He's looking at this young lady and he's like... And, and if his mother is a good mother, he's like, this girl's reminding me of my mom. Okay? Well, Now, we give Rahab a bad rap. Because when we talk about Rahab in the Bible, we always think, boom, right off the bat, what? The prostitute that helped. But you know, she goes. That was the beginning. That was before she got saved. Okay. Well, I, I say that loosely. Okay. I can't really prove she got saved, but that's before she became Jewish. Okay. Because she married a Jewish man, and she did that because why? She she there was something about her that was different. She trusted in the Lord. She realized who the Lord was by all the mighty deeds that she had heard that he had done while the people were coming out of Egypt. And she told the spies, I know who you serve. You serve the living God because he's done this, this, and this for you. She already knew who God was and she admits it. And you think about that and you go, that's almost the same thing we do. We admit who God is and what he's done. 
That's what Rahab does. So Rahab, just now I want to prove this to you because just so I'm not just blowing in the wind up here, okay? So turn over to Matthew chapter 1. We're going to look at the genealogy of Jesus. Matthew chapter 1. Okay. And it says, well, right at the beginning, first of the New Testament, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, and it starts going down the list. Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Judas and his brethren, and Judas begot uh, Pharaoh and Zerah of Tamar, that's the, the lady there, and Pharaoh begot Ezram, and Ezram begot Aram, and Aram begot Abinadab, and Abinadab begot Nason, and Nason begot Salmon, verse 5, and Salmon begot Boaz, that B-O-O-Z is Boaz, of Rechab. That Rahab there is Rahab. So in verse 5, you have Salmon, which is the man that marries Rahab, and their son is Boaz. And it's right here in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And, and then it says, And Boaz begat Obed of Ruth. So I'm jumping ahead of the story here a little bit, okay? So we know the rest of the story, but the son they produce is Obed, and the mother is Ruth, but the grandmother is Rahab. Okay? Now, turn over in your Bible to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Can somebody tell me what this chapter is about? Faith. It's a chapter of faith. In fact, in my Bible, I've got it wrote down here. God's Hall of Faith. I put down underneath that, underneath that Bob's Hall of Fame. That's my note. Okay, These are my Hall of Fame people right here. Because when you want to look at people in the Bible that you want to be like, you want to be like these people. And here's what's interesting. Some of these people were real, like our pastor says, rascals at one time. Okay? I mean, they were bad, but yet they come to know Christ, or come to know the Lord, Old Testament or Christ, New Testament. Okay, so let's go to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 31. And it says, By faith, the harlot Rahab, even at the end, she's still called. I hope when we get to heaven, they don't introduce her as, as the prostitute, you know. This is the harlot Rahab. That'd be like saying, this is the scumbucket Bob Hall and list all the stuff I did, you know. I'm like, oh, don't, don't do that. But by faith, I think it puts it in there so we know who she is. By faith, Rahab perished not with them that they believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Okay? And how was it? It was by faith. Okay? Now, when we go back to our story with Ruth, it says, and in fact, let's go back there and look. Let's go back to Ruth. Ruth chapter 2. Talking about Ruth. Okay. And I got to get back there now. I took my, my spot out. And his statement in verse 12 says, Boaz said, The Lord recompense thy work. And a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. Faith and trust are like this, right? Basically the same thing. She has come to trust in the Lord. She's come to put her faith in the Lord. Rahab and this lady here have faith in their life. Ruth has some faith in her life, and Boaz is seeing it. And it reminds him, like I said, she looks like my mom. She kind of talks like my mom. My mom was a godly wife, a mother, and she had faith. And this young lady here has faith and trust also. But then he could also add, and she had this and this and this as her background. Yes. Which, you know. And so, you know, he was, he, God prepared him for Ruth, like he prepared Ruth for him. I mean, and the fact that he had all that in his background... That his mother was... Yeah, it was, it was almost like God had planned this out. Just so happened. 
he put he put the circumstances together right there's no there's no chance or luck in this world we you know God puts us in certain situations and he brings us to certain situations just like this so let's keep moving on with our notes here she's a man she's a lady of trust she's a lady of faith just like his good old mom was okay so I got in our notes Bo knows you know Back when, when Bo Jackson was with the Royals, everything was Bo this, Bo that. Well, that, that's kind of a cool name. And, and uh, um, the Newlands, you know, their youngest little boy is Bo for Boaz. That is so cool. I mean, that kid reminds me of me. He's kind of cute and short. But no, I mean, I mean, that little boy, I just think he's the cutest little kid. I grew out of it, but, you know, I hope he stays in it. But, I mean, he has a cool name. Because he's named after a man in the Bible that has character, you know, and, and he doesn't have the name like Bob or or Rex or. <laughs> I mean, I just love these people that have Bible names. I meet people and they have Bible names. I met a lady the other day. She was probably twenty, and her name was Amalia. I had to ask her about twice. I asked to ask her what what's that name again, and she goes, "It's kind of a spinoff of Amelia, but it's Amalia." But she goes, "It's a Jewish name that means praise or and you know." And I thought, "Well, how neat!" And I told her, "I said that is awesome." I said, "You got a good biblical name with meaning." I said, "I got a name, Bob." You know. But you've got a daughter named Tanya. Yes, I do. But guess why? Because her mother and father picked that out for her because it was a good biblical name. The, the people with the good biblical names, I think, kind of take them for granted. And the people that don't have one wish they had one. But, oh well. But, so, Bo knows. Bo knows about this girl. He's already been informed about her, okay? and he, But he says, the Lord, the main thing is, he goes, the Lord is going to reward you. That's what he tells this girl. Okay? And you know what? Just just like Jesus Christ knows what we do for Him. I was talking about that earlier today. The Lord knows our service. He knows our attitude. Oh boy, I'm, I'm hurting now, you know. Uh, and He will reward us for our service. Like Ruth, we've been given grace. Okay? Now let me give you an acronym for grace. Yes. God's riches at Christ's expense. Okay? That's a good way to think of grace. When God has given us grace, we have been given His riches. We've been given God's riches, and it costs Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. So it was Christ's expense. You know, He's really given us an exchange of life. He's taken our old life and put on Him, and He's given us His perfect life and given it to us. Isn't that amazing? Okay, the only thing to make it true, you've got to put a, uh, what it, apostrophe after, yes, and after God's. Because otherwise it would mean tri- plural gods and plural Christ. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> no, but those are things that yeah, are being matters, lost. You're right. Here in America with grammar and things. They are. And, and I, I, am a, I am an example of that. But every jot and tittle of the Bible does. My wife gets on me. She goes, you're reading passages and you're missing words or you're missing things. And I go, I need to slow down. So if, if I miss it, I don't have a different version. I'm, I'm using the right one. I'm just flying along low. So what's a good way to think about grace? It's God's riches at Christ's expense. It's an exchange of life. He exchanged his life so that we could have his life. And everything good in our life, all those characteristics that we see in the New Testament are all his. Every one of those, you know, is his. So, um, I'm still not going to get done with this lesson, but we'll keep moving. we got a few more minutes. Top of page number three. Further instructions from Boaz. Boaz just didn't stop there. He goes, verse 14, at mealtime, he tells Ruth, come and eat with my workers. And he gave her some parched corn and he filled her plate. 
And he commanded his men to let her glean even among the sheaves. Now, I was talking with this with, with Rex a couple weeks ago, and it finally dawned on my head because two times it says he's told his workers, let her glean among the sheaves. And I'm thinking, why did he put it in there twice? Well, when they glean wheat or barley, they would they would use that sickle, they would cut it, they would put it in a bundle, and they'd either stack it up to dry or throw it in a pile. Okay, And so you've got a field with piles all over it, or they're all stacked up. I don't. It depends on how they're doing it. Okay, I looked at, even in India today, that's how they do it, yeah. by hand. They're out there doing it, and they just pull them in a pile, and then they come, but, you know, I've seen it where they put them, you know, they stack them all up, you know, and they put the little pumpkin, you know, corn stalks, but they do that with the wheat. I mean, they do that with the wheat, but, so she could go in between the, the sheaves and gat and glean, so it could mean... It could mean two things. It could mean that you go in and around all of them, or it could mean you actually go right around them where they are and glean from the from the the kernels that have dropped on the floor. And it dawned on me when I'm talking to Rex. I'm like, ah, oh, I got it now. Not only are you in the field among the sheaves, you're among the sheaves. Does that make sense? You're right there with it. So, I mean, because naturally there'd be grain fall right there at where those sheaves are, right in that vicinity, and they probably didn't want the people, the welfare people, basically, or the people out there grabbing stuff. Yeah, no, 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 you glean over there, but this good stuff is for the owner, okay? And so he goes, no, no. Let her glean even among that. And in fact, he says, he says, and he commanded his men to let her glean among the sheaves and to reproach her not. Good. So I'm reading that. And I'm like, okay, so that means don't even come up to her. But that's not exactly what reproach means. Reproach means to cause to blush. Okay? Embarrass her. So if you have a Bible with you, in my center reference, it says to shame her not. Okay? That's what mine says. So not only, you know, we don't want, not the fact that I don't want you talking to her or whatever. I mean, you can do whatever. But don't cause her to be embarrassed because she's in there among the good stuff getting it. And then on top of that, he says, I want you to leave some on purpose for her. Oh my, he's going the extra, extra mile. Okay? Is this uh, the same as the song bringing in the sheaves? Could be, yes. Because when they're bringing in the sheaves, they gather all those sheaves, they throw them on a wagon or whatever, and they bring them into the threshing floor, and then they beat it all out. Well, what, what, what Ruth is doing, she's there gathering up you know, the stalks, or if there's any heads that fall off, she's gathering them up too. And... Uh, so she's, yeah, it'd be the same thing, among the sheaves. Okay. And so what do you think of Boaz so far? What, what kind of guy is he? He's a nice guy. You think he's just looking for a girl? No. I don't think he's looking for a girl. I th- well, he's responsible because I, not only does he like Ruth, but he goes through the whole procedure that whatever you call it, the rights of how to how to get her to be his wife. We're not even there yet. I know. <laughs> okay. Sharon was right when she was saying God prepared Boaz for Ruth as he prepared Ruth for Boaz. Because he wasn't just he was he just was, an ill man. He was he was prepared. By okay, he, he's. Uh, let me put it this way, and I hope I don't offend anybody in here, but you know, man. he's a godly man. Yeah. I'll put it that way. He's a godly man. His character is a godly man. Okay, and so not only that, he's a faithful man. He just now think about this. Do you think he just let everybody do what he let Ruth do? In his fields? No, that's why he had to tell the guys not to bother her whenever she was at. Mm-hmm. Because all the rest of his men are like, okay, let the people glean, but not a, not a, among the good stuff. The good stuff is mine, you know. I'm doing this for a living. I need to have this. This is my income. And so and so, even though he's a wealthy man, he's like, he didn't just give stuff away. But he did, he did follow the Jewish law by allowing others to come and glean. Okay, so he is a godly man. He's, he's a man of character. That's why I'm putting, uh, trying to get out here. He is a faithful man. He didn't give things away just for no reason. But he's also looking for a virtuous woman. 
He is. Okay? It's Ruth that woman. Of course, we know the story. Okay? But he doesn't. At this point, he still does not know. In fact, he's still not pursuing this girl. Okay? So, re- Ruth reports back to Naomi. Let me get through this real quick. She reports whose field she's been gleaning in, and she shows Naomi a bushel of barley, which I think is probably an enormous amount of grain for her to have done. I doubt if that was the normal amount. Uh, she, she, it says an ephah of, of barley. That's a, a little over a bushel. So she had to gather up the stalks, she had to beat out the, the heads, and she had to get those heads in in something in the size of a bushel. So this bushel that they're talking about is like three pints. That's not too much, but anyway. Okay, I didn't read that in mine. Mine said mine the what I looked up actually said a bush a bushel and three quarts or something like that. Okay, mine says one F is equal one bushel. Maybe it's one bushel and three pints. It's okay. That makes more sense. Okay. So. That's. Really. So that's a lot. That's probably a lot. And so when she brings that home to and shares that with Naomi, Naomi's like eyes just open up. Like I can't believe this. And so she shows her that she informs her of what Boaz said that it's Boaz and the field. And Naomi realizes that God's behind this. Everything's starting to click again with Naomi. See, there's two stories. You got to remember Naomi's story, and then you got to remember Ruth's story. And Naomi's her the wheels in her head are starting to run. And so, um, it says here in verse 19 that she wrought. Verse 19 says, and her mother-in-law said unto her, Where hast thou gleaned today? And where hast where wroughtest thou? Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. And she showed her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought second time. And she said, The man's name with whom I have wrought third time is Boaz. Now what is this wrought? I mean, she's rotting all over the place because there's three times it says wrought. What does wrought mean? Is it worked? Well, we're thinking it means worked. But it, 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 you're right, it basically means worked. And I looked it up, and it means to do. She was doing the Mountain Dew thing back then. To do. It's to actually do something. Okay? So, she was working her tail off. Okay? Naomi knew that, and Boaz knew that, and the Lord knew that. She actually got up and did something, okay? She's one of those go-getting girls, okay? That's what you want, right? You want to go get her. My my grandfather said there was this man that that uh, he said he the man was a real go-getter because he always took his wife to work and came and got her. <laughs> That's just free. I threw that in today. <laughs> he said that man was a real go-getter, and but what I take from that was my my grandfather really didn't think highly of that. Because he, he, I think that was his way of saying, I think this dude's a loafer. A, a loafer. He's willing to take his wife to work, but what's he doing? But no, no. Uh, she's a worker. She is a worker, okay? Um, and let me go through this real quick and we'll be done. So um, Naomi's at it. Oh, wait a minute. There's one more thing I want to miss. Ruth is not only a worker, not only is she doing all that, she brought some leftovers home to share it with, with Naomi. Did you guys catch that? Uh, it says, uh, let me see. Where... Okay, where are we at here? Okay, verse 18. And she took it up, and she went to the city, and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned, and she brought forth and gave to her that which she had reserved after she was sufficed. And you're like, okay, now i got to go back and look at, when's the last time I saw that word sufficed in there earlier? So she's not just giving her the wheat. It's just not giving her the wheat. She gave her something else. So the last time she was sufficed was in verse 14 when it says, and she did eat and was sufficed and left. So when Boaz gave her some food for lunch and and actually put it on her plate, she had some left over and she took that home and shared it with Naomi. I mean, this girl just gets better and better. I mean, she shares everything. And she takes care of her mother-in-law. So... uh, 
that's that. She even did that. I hadn't noticed that. And so Naomi's attitude changes. It begins to soften in her words, and she starts to use the word blessed. Now think about that. Do you know anybody that's mad and bitter going around calling people blessed? <laughs> Doesn't happen, does it? And, and Naomi was mad. I mean, she was bitter. She goes, don't even call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Call me bitterness. And now she starts using the word blessed. In fact, she uses it two times in, in a couple verses here. And she tells Ruth. Because she's starting to see some hope. Okay? And she tells Ruth that Boaz is of near of kin. And she says, whatever you do, you obey that man. Well, I thought about that. So why would Naomi tell Ruth, obey what Boaz says? So you tell me. Why would she tell her that? What would they gain from her obeying Boaz? What would Boaz tell Ruth? Stay here, glean in the fields, do this. What would they gain if Ruth does that? Number one, food. Okay? You stay with that guy. He said stay here and do that. You do that because if you do that, you'll keep bringing in bushels like today. And man, we'll have plenty for all winter. But more than that, he's a kinsman and he's a near kin. So not only can we continue to get food, but the wheels are turning in Naomi's head and she's like, Hmm, maybe I can play matchmaker here. Maybe this guy can redeem us from where we are. And that is starting to go off in her head. And now she's probably thinking, man, that was a smart move to come back to Bethlehem. Okay. So we'll pick up next week where it gets there. The story's only getting good. I mean, we just kind of got revved back up again. So it's going to get better even as we go. So let's uh, let's pray and we'll be out of here. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We, again, we thank you for the book of Ruth and just how amazing that book is and how exciting that book is because not only that is, is it a love story between Ruth and Boaz. Not only is it a story that Naomi gets back in good graces with you, it's a story about how we get saved and how we have a, the love of our life which is you Lord and so we thank you for this story we thank you that this story's actually happened to us and we just pray that we can live this life out that we can share Christ and what you have given to us out to the people around us and I pray for our service today I pray for the things going on in our church and I pray we would bless you and obey you and trust you in all we do in Christ's name Amen, amen. Thank you. 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 Thank you.